0: You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host Kristen Edwards.
1: Yep, as always I'm here. So hello and welcome to the show today. It's kind of exciting. It's our official start of season 2. Woohoo. So we popped in a couple of weeks ago to wish everyone a happy new year and kind of tell you how we approach the official turning of the calendar. We also revealed our very exciting news about an OnlySchoolers website and an Etsy store. There's so much fun stuff going on right now.
0: Yes, so be sure to drop into both places to keep up with OnlySchoolers off the air. You will find our new website at OnlySchoolers.com. We've got each episode from Season 1 available along with show notes, and you'll find links to our social media pages and our Etsy shop there. At our Etsy shop, we're once again using our OnlySchoolers handle, or you can go directly to etsy.com backslash shop backslash OnlySchoolers. We have our homeschool planner for sale there, as well as transcripts of every full-length episode from Season 1. And don't worry, we'll be sure to put links to all this stuff in the show notes for you.
1: Awesome. Yes. And we're also adding more listeners to our community every week. So thank you for continuing to spread the word. It helps people find us. We're on all the major podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. And as always, please, please, please find us after every show on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Only schoolers, and we'd really love to keep connecting with you and keep these discussions going. So pop in, let us know what you think.
0: And if you prefer, drop us a line. Our address is OnlySchoolers at gmail.com. Our website is new. So if you see something wonky, be sure to drop us a line and let us know.
1: And Gina will get right on that. <laughs> so- <laughs> So anyway, Gina, going back to our new year's guiding thoughts, I haven't really done any running mad yet this year. Give me some time. But how about you? Anything to report on the flourish front?
0: Well, here's one thing that occurred to me since our last episode as I've moved into 2021 with Flourish as my focus word in mid-December. I had this idea for what I thought was this really fun project for 2021. And I started doing some groundwork over Christmas break. And the more I got to thinking about it and planning for it, the more I realized exactly how much work it would entail. And I made notes and did a little more research to figure out, okay, if I do this, it's going to take this much time. How much time do I need to carve out of my current schedule? And I started to wonder if this amazing idea of mine was really such an amazing idea after all. And I ended up axing it. Now, putting the kibosh on something may seem like the opposite of flourishing, like I'm deliberately cutting off an opportunity. But hang with me for a minute here, because here's the reason I ditched it. I got to thinking about my flourishing petunias last summer. They'd kind of, you know, how they get in the middle of July, uh, kind of gangly and leggy, and they just really weren't growing so well. I decided they were not flourishing, so I nipped them back. But I gave them a little fertilizer. I made sure they had plenty of water. And before long, they really came back and they flourished. They grew like crazy for the rest of the summer and I actually had a couple of blossoms that hung on all the way into November when I finally said, okay, it's. Time to put all the potted plants away.
1: Okay, that's funny. So I think what you're getting at here is sometimes what you opt not to do is just as important as what you decide to do when it comes time to flourish.
0: Exactly right. And that can be a big issue for homeschool families, learning how to say no to some things so that other things can flourish. And this year, what I'm really looking forward to see flourish is it's that deeper understanding of what home education really looks like. And I think that this season's focus, framing each of our conversations around a couple of themes, is going to be really revealing and and really fun. I mean, I'm almost at the end of my homeschooling years and you're not that far behind me. And I still feel like with these deep dives into themes, we're going to discover some really interesting stuff. Um, We will circle back on some things we've talked about all the time, but... Got any bets on uh, how long it's going to take one of us to mention ownership of education, not counting this one?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to go with the less than 30 minutes or so it takes to finish recording this podcast. (laughs) I bet you're right.
0: (laughs) But I think along the way, we will uncover more than a few beliefs that we didn't necessarily know that we had essential ideas that have moved us forward during our homeschool journey, new things that we'd like to learn or explore a little bit more about?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, we say it all the time, but we're really not just spouting lifelong learning as a hashtag. I know even in our rink walks, and those usually begin really casually, just kind of catching up with what we've been doing since we saw each other last, but... You know, as we keep walking, we keep uncovering some pretty big truths about what home educating is as the conversation goes
0: deeper. Oh, you're right about that. And no matter what age you are or where you are in life, if you think that you've got something totally figured out, you know, don't bet on it. Because there's always a different perspective to consider or a new way to think about something. And that's how we're going to approach this season with the idea of thinking about all these different themes as they relate to homeschooling our kids. So what are we talking about today?
1: Well, let's just get straight to some of the biggest of the big themes of homeschooling, shall we? So we're here at the start of a new year. Today is January 21st. We're 21 days into 2021. Do you
0: suppose that means something, 21 days into 2021?
1: I don't know. It just sounded really good when I said it, though. Let's say that means good luck. Okay. I think that one of the reasons we all make resolutions or guiding principles or whatever is that we want to believe we can use those to make a difference in the way we live our year. We're looking for a way to frame it, to write our own story, so to speak. So the perfect words for that new start and the ones we want to think about today, in fact, are autonomy and attention.
0: Oh, great words, great words. I was thrilled when we started looking at our list of possible themes, and those were at the top. I mean, yes, we're taking an alphabetical approach to the themes this season, because honestly, how would an English teacher and a librarian decide to do it otherwise? I mean, (laughs) those two words embrace everything we think about when the calendar changes from one year into the next.
1: Yep nerds to the end. That's us. My librarian instincts kick in far too often, I think. But yeah, I mean, it couldn't have worked out more perfectly. So when I think about autonomy, my first thought kind of goes to Just having that ability to act on my own values and beliefs, right? To be my own person, to live according to my own reasons, my own motives, as I said earlier, to write my own story. And when it comes to homeschooling, I want that autonomy, not only for me in the decisions that I make relative to what all the other homeschoolers are doing, but I also want that autonomy for my daughter. So what do you think?
0: I love your definition of autonomy acting on my own values and beliefs. It's, you know, being self-governed, having a sense of moral independence, doing what I think is right, even if other people might believe differently. And since this is the only schoolers podcast, I must say that I believe being an only child has affected my sense of autonomy. Growing up, I didn't have siblings to do anything with. Um, My cousins were younger than I was. We were out in the country. I didn't have any close neighbors other than my grandparents. So, I really was on my own a good bit of the time, and autonomy was kind of a natural fit. That idea has continued into my professional life as I left a more group-oriented job in academics to follow a more autonomous entrepreneurial call with my husband. While we do work with others and for other people, it's important for us to be able to act on our own values and have faith that it'll all work out right in the end. And it's the same basic thing with homeschooling. We have to create the kind of homeschooling environments that work for us, even if what we do wouldn't work for a single other family. Definitely staying true to yourself can be a bumpy road. And there have been many times I've been filled with so much self-doubt and second guesses. But in the end, we've discovered that it's the best answer for our family. It's not always the easiest, but it is the best. So what is it uh, for you? How hard is it to feel autonomous as a homeschooler? Do you have to work at it?
1: Yeah, sometimes I do, I think. As we've said before, we're living this extraordinary life, right? We've declared our freedom to make educational choices that we think are the best for our kids. So that really checks a box for autonomy. But I think when we get down to the daily ins and outs, there's some pressure to, I don't want to say conform necessarily, but there's definitely some pressure to sort of fit in and do what everyone else is doing because it must be right if somebody else is doing it right. I mean, we've talked about that before. Just make sure you're making the choices that are best for you, not because it's the choice that your best homeschooling parent friend makes.
0: Oh, yes. Imitation may be the sincerest form of flattery, but you can't imitate somebody else's autonomy. That won't work at all. You know, what is it Dr. Sue says? Uh, today you are you that is truer than true. There is no one alive who youer than you, as exactly. that you <laughs> that is in each of us. We have to choose the daily routine, the break or no break schedule, the cafeteria menu, the curriculum, and what have you that works best for our own situations. And it's not always easy or instantaneously clear what we should do.
1: No, it's not. And the more stuff out there, the harder it gets to sort of decide what, what works best for you versus what's working best for someone else. Because it turns out that although Matthew C is a great fit for both of our homeschool visions, Brave Rider is not. But we each explored our choices and we acted in our best interest when it came to those subjects for our kids. And that's hard sometimes. I remember when I started homeschooling in September, I mean, I was kind of vulnerable. I was just breaking away from the traditional education system, I wanted to feel less alone. My husband died just four months later, so I really was feeling desperately, desperately alone trying to figure out what we were going to be doing, and I was looking for a connection. And seeking that connection, that is absolutely fine. I'm, I'm not telling anyone not to seek a connection. You just need to make sure, and what I needed to make sure, is that I didn't lose my autonomy in doing so either as a widow working to find a new normal way of living, as a homeschooling mother trying to educate my child. You know, there was a lot of pressure, still is, in both of those roles. And I need to stay true to myself so I could be the best for me and my daughter. And all homeschool families have their own reasons for choosing to home educate. Hang on to those. Those are the reasons that will guide you as you create your homeschool based on your own values and beliefs. So another example When you look at our homeschool philosophies, Gina, you've definitely landed on a more unschooly approach, while I still tend to lean more traditional.
0: And look at us. We're still friends. (laughs) Yes, we
1: are, running a podcast together. And that's because we each have a pretty darn good sense of self-respect for ourselves and respect for one another. We know what the motives we have for the homeschooling choices we make. It's doing what's best for our kids. And since our kids are different, our motives are different. And so it just follows that our approaches are different too. So for me, having that homeschool autonomy, it's just about knowing that I have all those choices and knowing I have the freedom to choose the best ones for me, which kind of leads to our next thing to consider for this theme of autonomy. If we, as the home-educating parents, want that freedom to act in our own interests it just kind of follows that we want to offer that same autonomy to our kids. I mean, Wyatt's a pretty self-respecting guy. How does autonomy play a part in his education?
0: Well, it's again with the only child thing and growing up in the country, he has had to find his own fun. He's also had plenty of time to be outside in nature, which I think is incredibly important to kids. At, at least it has been to my kid. Being outside, he, it's given him time to think his own thoughts to figure out how the world actually works and what he believes about the world as he interacts with it. Plus, from the time he was just tiny, we encouraged him to be autonomous, to think for himself. Do you want to do this or do you want to do that? What color do you want to paint your bedroom? What books do you want to read? What would you like to study this time? You know, maybe everyone doesn't see it this way, but because we value autonomy for ourselves so highly, it would be really a terrible wrong for us to take his autonomy away. Now, does that create problems? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Having a kid who cut his teeth on autonomous thought means he is not an easy kid. If you are looking for somebody who's just going to go along in order to get along, Wyatt is not your guy. Now, he's not contentious. um, He's not a jerk. He doesn't always have to have his own way, but he is not going to sit back and just accept things, particularly things that he sees as unfair or an injustice, which means that his skating coach has had some really fun times along the way. (laughs) You know, he can be as stubborn as his mother, and he is much more willing than I am to stand up for himself and what he believes is right rather than just get along. So what about September? I mean, the, the first time I saw a photo of her in sunglasses, she's maybe like, you know, Nine, I don't know. She's looking all the world like a pint sized Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. And I thought, she has got the absolute aura of autonomy about her.
1: (laughs) That's funny. And you're not kidding. She's always had that independent thing going on. Um, And part of it, I think, is the only kid, like you said, with Wyatt. But yeah. I would say that making sure she knows that she has the freedom to make her own choices has always been a priority for me. And okay, here I go, ownership of education. Ding,
0: ding, ding, we got us a winner with ownership of education.
1: (laughs) I know, and I was like, even when you're not trying to, it just slips out. We can't help ourselves here. Talking about the deeply held beliefs that we do share, ownership of education is absolutely essential to each of our homeschools. Anyway, this past fall, when September started working through the psychology course that I'd selected, it was a class that she had picked. She wanted to study it. I did my research, found this course, this text that we thought would work. She started working in it and I respected her voice when she came to me and said she didn't like it. It, it, just, it wasn't as fulfilling as she wanted. It wasn't as comprehensive. She told me why she didn't like it. I listened to all her reasons why and they were valid. And so we changed course. She knew what she wanted from her study of that, of that subject, and she acted on those motives. And she knew I'd be okay with her asserting her autonomy, because that's kind of how we roll, just like you with Wyatt cutting his teeth on autonomous thought. Same thing here. I mean, I've given her choices since she was just a tiny thing, because I want her to have some agency, which is actually another great A word we could have added today. But anyway, I do want her to have that agency. I want her to know that she is capable of making decisions that directly affect her. And she deserves to have her voice heard, which honestly, I think is a hard concept for some adults to grasp. That kids have a voice and we need to value their kids' voices. And, you know, like you, I, th- I think there are people who don't quite understand what to do with this. And she still does look like a pint-sized Jackie O, I'm just going to say it. You know, there are people who don't know what to do with this little pint-sized Jackie O standing up for herself because she's not one to just roll over and do whatever somebody wants her to do just because. But I want her to know that she's capable of that. And I, I think we've reached that because the decisions that she gets to make, they might have been small at first. But as she grows, so is her autonomy. So first, it's her choice of candy or choice of book. Now it's a choice of an education, what kind of classes she wants to take. Now it's driving. And then it's going to be on to the big choices of lifestyle and job and so on and so forth. And it's just so important to me that she feels that she can write her own love, life story and that she has the opportunity to do that.
0: It is one of the best aspects of homeschooling, isn't it? I mean, just helping our kids find their own path In their own time. I actually believe this so much. I wrote a very short book and it's available on my ginaprosh.com website called How to Read and Understand the Story of Your Life. Telling your own life story is hugely important. Being the hero in your story and not being a bit player in somebody else's story. I mean, it's your life. Figuring out what that story is takes some time and some focused attention to figure it out which brings up the next theme we wanted to discuss today, which is attention.
1: Exactly. Because if we're not paying attention to what's happening in our homeschools, to our needs, our kids' needs, all that autonomy in the world will not help when things go really wrong, which can happen really fast.
0: Oh, and the idea of attention or awareness, we're just all about the A-words today, aren't we? (laughs) I mean... That is what we want to think about next. And when I say we'll look at homeschooling through the lens of attention, tell me what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, the library and the teacher in me starts thinking about what defines the word itself. So in that respect, I'm thinking about attention being taking notice of something, fixing my mind on something, or like it caught my attention. But it's also like taking action, you know, like giving something my full attention to make a change, you know. And both of those definitions are so critical to homeschooling, especially for me at this time of year.
0: Oh, absolutely. I was having such a great time over Christmas break. The Christmas lights were on. I was cozy under the quilt that I'm currently hand quilting. I'm totally caught up in season four of The Crown, which I'd saved to watch over the holidays. I'm loving that. And now it's my time to turn my attention back to what we're doing for school and what I'm doing for work and what we're doing for this podcast.
1: Seriously? I know. It's like, oh, break's over. So yeah, you're coming off of a break and it's really hard to get back in the groove, especially right now. You know, it's snowing outside. The weather's cold. All I want to do is curl up by the fireplace with a good book. So yeah, I definitely need to pay attention to that inclination so I don't get distracted by it. But in the same way that need catches my attention, I want to take notice of the fact that I do need that downtime and I need to figure out the best way to fit it into my schedule while also getting us up and running with school again, because I'm not at my best when I'm running on empty. But attention for me right now, as far as homeschooling means, I'm just taking more notice of where we are in the year. You know, how do our hours look? Where do we need to focus some more effort? Where and how can I honor September's autonomy as we move into the second half of our school year? But I'm taking action too. So, you know, I've got my attention caught on where we need to go. But I was like, literally, real action is being taken because I've noticed in the past that we have this need to sort of change up things a bit in January. So I gave my full attention to making that happen this year. I found this great courses class. It's called Understanding and Applying Self-Defense Strategies. Cool, right? So, I mean, it fits right into our binge watching of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because there's always some defensive action scenes going on. So we thought it would be a kick, get it, a kick to start off. (laughs) We thought it would be a kick, a bad pun, to start off the year with this new course. Um, So what about you? Where does attention fit into your homeschool?
0: I'm over here totally cracking up because we have never talked about this. But the woman who hosts that great courses class, Tammy Yard McCracken, she's part of an amazing group of violence dynamics experts that I have followed on Facebook for years now. And Rich and I are actually doing that class ourselves. And it is really terrific. Are you
1: kidding me? (laughs) No,
0: (laughs) We will definitely have something new to talk about as we are rink walking on Monday, and we will definitely add a link to that course to our show notes for today. But putting my attention back on our discussion of attention, you are exactly right about the where are we in the school year attention issue. Here in Missouri, by law, our school year runs from July 1st through June 30th. So on January 1st, we're halfway through, at least as far as the calendar is concerned, halfway to the to that end point. So back when we were logging hours, the first of the year was always a good set point to check in and see where we were on our hours and figure out what we needed to do before June 30th rolled around. Now things have become more flexible since Wyatt has turned 16 and I no longer have to log hours or follow that homeschooling law. But this year, yay, I was in the middle of the afternoon on New Year's Day, hanging up the new wall calendar in the kitchen. And I thought, well, it's 2021. And then bang, the next thought on my mind was, holy cow, Wyatt graduates next year. I mean, yes, I've known that this was his junior year. And in the fall, it was 2020 on the calendar. And I had two years because 2020 and 22. Uh, Now it's 18 months away. And when I flip up the 2022 calendar, a year from now, graduation's going to be just a few months away. And let me tell you, putting up that calendar like that really got my attention. And like you say, what things need to be taken care of between now and then. Here's another one uh, that's an attention getter. And unfortunately, it is a big one for me. I think a lot of people these days, it's certainly one Wyatt will call call me on the carpet on. He'll see me looking at my phone and say, you're on your phone a lot.
1: Ouch. I think we're all guilty of that one these days because it's so easy to pick it up, to check something truly legitimate, but because so much of my work and schedule is on my phone, but then I find myself scrolling Facebook.
0: Yeah. Ouch. Indeed. I might be checking email for work or, you know, texting his coach to schedule a skating lesson or, or texting a client, researching something for school, possibly just killing some time on Facebook and Instagram, but where is it my attention and where should it be? So technology has been a great boon to our life as homeschoolers. I mean, it's great that I can check my email from the parking lot at the rink or take a phone call while we're waiting in line at McAllister's and it's given me the freedom to leave my desk so that I can be on the go with Wyatt and he can do more things. That part is great. But technology also becomes a big drag on my attention. You know, we're supposed to be having a nice family lunch at a Las and instead of talking with the family, I'm texting with the client about something. Or the three of us are geocaching or taking a hike, and da da ding, a you know friend will call to chat or something. So technology it kind of blurs the lines of availability, and it can make it harder to keep my attention. Where it needs to be at any given time. And in a big picture way, that kind of attention means being intentional. It means keeping my focus on the right thing at the right time. If I'm driving, that's where my attention needs to be. And if I'm having family time, that's where my attention needs to be. Attention, it means keeping the main thing the main thing. And practically speaking, that means um, this year I'm going to uh, be trying to leave the phone in the car when we go into a restaurant. You know, chances are if anybody calls, while I'm in there, it's not that big a deal. They can leave a message. It means turning off the ringer during a hike or leaving the phone on the charger. It might mean leaving the phone in the other room if we're watching a movie as a family. So I know you don't have limits on screen time, but how do those attention issues fit into your homeschool?
1: Well, I think it's a lot of the same. I mean, yes, we pretty are much no school pretty much no screens during active school time. So my phone is on silent during those hours that I've set aside to be available for school. And I try not to get on the computer to grade papers for my part-time job either because I can't focus on my kid if I'm being drawn into a group text or I'm mumbling to myself about scoring rubrics or something. Because I know it's popular to moan about how busy we are, but I'm finding that if I give some attention to my day, if I fix my priorities, if I stay focused, if I include some of those little workarounds like you're going to do, leave your, leave your phone in the car, put it on the charger, put it on silent, you can get an incredible amount of stuff done even when I thought it would be too much to possibly fit into one day. I mean, you and I both wear a lot of different hats on any given day, and it would be very easy to get sidetracked. But it's like you said, keep the main thing the main thing. Don't let random things catch your attention. Pay attention. Okay, so here's another one. And since we are only schoolers, we need to mention this one that I know every parent of an only child inevitably gets. How often have you heard someone just, you know, off the cuff say something about, oh, you just give Wyatt too much attention or you just give Wyatt all your especially when he was little.
0: Oh, definitely. We mentioned this one in one of our episodes last season, but I know that both of us subscribe to the belief that there is no such thing as spoiling a child with too much attention when they're when they're infants. Our kids were held and snuggled and rocked, and it was great. But when they're a little older, there's only one kid in the house, it can be a little bit more tricky to balance out attention with thinking about the needs of others. And so... When he was in those tween years, there were times I deliberately turned my attention elsewhere because he needed to know the world didn't revolve around him. So it's more like, hey, I've got to do some work for this client, so you need to go read a book or play outside. And as teenagers, I think ownership of their own lives, writing their own stories and the autonomy we talked about in the first part of today's show is really important means they can focus their attention on what they want out of their lives and sink or swim on their own sometimes without us acting like overbearing helicopter parents who simply, you know, won't mind our own business.
1: Oh, for real. You know, I think only kids do get a bad rap sometimes in that respect. I mean, my kid knows that I love her to pieces, but my day doesn't revolve around her. And at her age, she definitely doesn't want it to. She's just got this great sense of a greater world outside of our door so i do feel like i'm doing something right with that careful balancing act between attention and autonomy with her at least but okay i guess if we're going to give our attention to the clock it's probably about time to wrap up this up before we go we'd like to remind you to subscribe or review on itunes or stitcher or any place you listen to this podcast Reviews help people find us and grow our community, so just go to your app and drop us a few kind words.
0: We also hope you'll hang out with us on social media. As we've said, Facebook is probably our favorite platform, and we'd love to continue the podcast conversation with you. And you can now comment on the episodes at our website, too.
1: Which is great, because we'd really love to know how you think about autonomy and attention in your homeschool. So did we say anything today that made you think about deliberately applying those themes to your thinking this month? And what does it look like when you turn your focus there? Just search for our handle, only schoolers.
0: So thanks for listening today, and we will see you next time when we take on the letter B. But right now, that just means bye.